to that first step podcast season two. On today's show, I am joined by the incredible salesperson who is highly motivated and has so much knowledge to share all about brand building and social selling on LinkedIn. His name is Christian Kraus, better known as Chris Bits. From working in Salesforce together for the past two years, I've learned a lot from Chris, whether it's going on Top Performers Club together, making our morning coffee at 7.30 a.m., I know, <laughs> bright and early, back when we were in the office, or just chatting through different ideas for campaigns and how best to target new customers and work with our current customers during these times. So today's show, Chris shares incredible advice all about building your own brand on LinkedIn, connecting with new people, expanding your network, and also creating good habits that will keep you happy through these times and into the future. Good habits build a successful person. And Chris shares these tips and tricks today with us. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Hello, Chris. Welcome to that First Step podcast. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So for those who don't know Chris, he is a fantastic salesperson. I know him super well and I'm honored that he has taken the time today to come and speak with us and share his tips and tricks and all things social media as well. So Chris, before we get into it, could you give us a quick introduction into what you wanted to be when you grew up and what you studied in school? Sure. Uh, Yeah, Uh, good stuff. So I'll just start with, I guess, sort of the high school time. So I was always good at writing. So um, when I was young, I always wanted to be like a book author or a journalist. Um, I loved writing essays. Uh, I was a bookworm as a kid, uh, almost a little bit nerdy. I I remember competing in like the out loud competitions. Um, Never took it far in that, but um, that was kind of my thing. Um, for instance, I read the Harry Potter book, uh, the one with a thousand pages, the, the, the fifth one in like four days. So I was really, really into books. Um, it changed a little bit. So going into college, um, I was thinking more about becoming successful, uh, and by default that meant to me studying business. So I actually uh, have an international business background. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I guess the interests went a little bit away from, from reading more into, you know, things like CrossFit and fitness, uh, and lifestyle and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Well, great. So how did you then get from studying to working into sales? What was the path like for you? How did you know that sales was for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a very good question. And the answer to the question really emerged very, very late. So when I went studying business, you know, by default, you kind of look into consulting or investment banking because you ask yourself, where can I make the most money or where can I be the most successful? But I quickly realized after doing a couple internships that to me, my work life balance is also important. Um, so I kind of ruled the, the, two, the two of them that I mentioned, I ruled them out for me. Um, and it took many years studying and maturing to realize I should just look at what I'm good at. I just look at, at, at my strength 
and that's what I did. I, I doubled down on my strengths and, you know, I did my, ma my master's degree in Maastricht University in, in the Netherlands. And they have a very unique um, teaching model. It's like sort of small groups, very interactive. You're basically presenting or discussing every single day. And I really excelled at that. I really enjoyed um, talking in front of a group. And basically, that's, that's what selling is. You're presenting kind of your work. So I realized, okay, maybe sales is something that, that I'm interested in. Um, yeah. I hope that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I love as well that you mentioned recognizing your strengths and doubling down. I hope people are taking this time now to, you know, highlight their strengths, understand, look inward, see what makes them happy and see what they're good at. And also, I believe that, you know, you work for a long time. So you might as well try and enjoy it as much as possible. And by finding that path that makes you get up in the morning and do you know what? You don't have that Sunday fear because a lot of people, unfortunately, have that, oh my God, tomorrow's Monday again fear. But in this world, 2020, we do have the time to reflect and think, wait a sec, look, I'm not really that happy. Or do you know what? I'm actually really good at this. Why can't I try this out? Obviously, if finances allow. I know this it's obviously not that easy for some people. So I suppose, Chris, now that you're in sales and you are excelling, you're doing so well. And also you love enabling people. And that's why as well I wanted you to come on today because I find your advice incredible. So start of 2020, you took a different path on, on your branding and on social media. If you could kind of talk us through a bit about that, please. Yeah. Um, where do I start, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, um, again, going a little bit back into the college years. Um, so when I realized that I didn't want to do, you know, con consulting or investment banking and the, the sales idea wasn't there yet. Um, but I wasn't to CrossFit, I wasn't to fitness and I followed people on social media and typically that would be Instagram or YouTube. And I was very inspired by people who kind of built their own brand on these social platforms and build a following and build a business and kind of create a lifestyle where they're fully in control of, of their time. And I was envious of that, but at the same time, I, I didn't feel capable of doing the same thing. I was like, I'm not as talented as them or I'm not as creative. So I kind of have to go into the corporate world. Then, um, and then, you know, I joined Salesforce and, and I did SDR and BDR at Salesforce. Um, and then 2020 came around and I had always been a big fan of LinkedIn as a platform. Um, I, you know, I followed companies more or less. So I followed companies and NGOs, like the World Economic Forum uh, used to be the number one thing that I was looking at, or, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the Guardian newspaper. So I was, I was following content because I really liked, liked the content. But I noticed in 2019, there was a bit of a switch. I started following people because I saw that some people, and they were really the early ones, um, started building brands on LinkedIn. And I'm like, that's really awesome. Um, and then I looked at these people and they were mostly, you know, senior, very experienced. They had like grown startups or they were founders or they were VP of sales, VP of marketing. So I was like, I'm only an SDR. What do I have to contribute? Uh, it's probably too early for me. 
And so I waited. Um, and then in 2020, we all know what happened. Um, the COVID pandemic hit in March. And from one day to the next, we, we were working full time from home. And that for me really was the trigger to finally make the leap. Uh, and I said, look, I recognize this trend that everybody's gonna spend so much more time on LinkedIn, that social selling would be, become so much more important. So I was like, this is the time to start. And how did I make the first step? I just made a commitment to myself. I said, post once a day for 30 days. That, that was my initial commitment. And I said, if after the 30 days you realize this is not working for me, then you stop. But if you like it and if you see it works and you get good feedback and responses and engagement, then you continue. And I haven't looked back since. Chris, I love that. And I love as well how that first step, which is that initial commitment. And I don't think, I mean, 30 days are going to go by whether we do something or not. Time travels. It doesn't care about what we do. So the fact that you said, I'm going to set this challenge that isn't too overwhelming. It's 30 days and I'm going to do it every day. And you made that commitment at the end. It's okay if I don't continue with this. And I think that's why a lot of people are afraid to start because they're afraid of failing. And also they're afraid of having to commit long-term. But by setting yourself that short-term goal, I really do think that is why you've been so successful at this because it's never, ever overwhelming for you. It's always these short little goals. Am I right in saying that? Um, Yes. I mean, at the beginning, I think when, when people have a dream or a goal and, you know, my goal was, so I set, I set this 30 day goal and then I actually set a second goal very soon after my second goal was I want to have 10,000 followers at the end of 2020. Um, So I basically, I I made a first initial commitment and it went so well that I said, okay, now I make, I make it a yearly goal. Um, So from a smaller goal, I went to a bigger one, but my, my point here is that people, they, they, they see the mountain and let's say the 10,000 is the mountain that they see. And that's overwhelming. I'm like, how am I getting from, from, you know, 1500 to 10,000 by the end of the year? That's, that's massive. That's so hard to achieve, but just making the first step and let the 30 days be the first step. Um, you kind of, you kind of gain a little bit of momentum. And I mean, I said this when we talked the other day, momentum, I love this. I love this concept of it. And I think of it like a very heavy rock. Um, in the beginning, it, it takes an extreme amount of effort to get that thing into motion. But once the rock is rolling, it actually doesn't take so much effort to keep it running. So for me, the first 30 days was an experiment. It was a challenge. But after the 30 days, I was like, I can do this because I just did it. So I can just do it again and then again and then again. And, you know, after eight or nine months, that, that, that's the year. Um, right now, it's not about 10,000 anymore. Um, I might hit it. I might not hit it. But um, I'm on a trajectory now where, for me, posting every single day is like brushing my teeth in the morning, you know? Yeah, that's so good. And I love as well that you're really into fitness, Chris. As we know, you love CrossFit, you love fitness, and it's a really big part of your day, as is now your LinkedIn social selling. So do you think the fact that you have you have this maybe ambitious um, psyche to you, you have this motivation, I suppose to people out there, 
you know, if they were to look at you, they know you're fit, you're in shape, your, your mental health is in shape and you really look after yourself and self-care is a big part of your day, which, you know, is very important. But to those maybe who say, I don't have the time to commit to this, what would you say to them and how would you recommend they work this sort of a goal into their day like you do? Very good question. Um, it's not so easy for me to answer because um, I've been in fitness for such a long time. So I'm not even thinking about it anymore. Like to me, it's, it's, it feels so natural. Um, but to someone who is trying to just start out, you know, um, it's the same principle. Make a very small commitment in the beginning. Uh, and that could be, you know, going for a walk at lunchtime or, or going for a walk in the morning or, or after your workday, whenever uh, it pleases you. Um, and keep that up for 30 days. That's just one example. Um, another one would be, okay, um, sort of buy a dumbbell, buy a 10 kilo dumbbell and, and you know, try to, to do a 10 minute workout with the dumbbell two times a week. Like make it intentionally easy to reach that because the one thing that and and i think the reason for a lot of people to um lose their consistency or to, to you know to start out with uh, start out with the new year's goals and 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 then drop them is because they take on too much and then they fail but in the beginning you really need to avoid failure you need to encourage yourself and a a very simple trick to do that is set goals that are easy to hit because when you hit them, it feels good. And then you want that feeling again. And after a while, you're like, I can do a little bit more. And then maybe you work out three times a week and the workout is, is 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, and it's the same with everything. It's with diet, it's with fitness, it's with any habits. Um, and we've all done it. I've done that in the past where you're like, okay, from today onwards, every single day, I will do this and this and this. Uh, it's too much. Um, just start out intentionally easy and gain momentum. That's great. And I love how the theme now throughout your life, Chris, is habits. I mean, the LinkedIn is a habit. Fitness is a habit. But they're all contrib contributing to the main goal of you being a happier, more successful, driven human being. And I think that's super important. And going, I suppose, back to the habit of LinkedIn then, how do you take the time to build your content or do you sit down on a Sunday, build it out for the week? What does your content building look like? Mm -hmm. So that is really a, a process in the making um, because as with everything, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make everything more efficient in my life as well. So I've been trying different approaches. So in the, in the beginning, it really was um, writing the post the night before, uh, editing, ed editing or, or reading it in the morning, making adjustments, and then, and then hitting post. Um, now I'm using an app, actually. It's called Buffer. So Buffer allows me to write a post and then schedule it um, because I realized when... I was, I'm always trying to, to post at 12 p.m. And so, but if I have a meeting or something else, it might stress me out because all of a sudden I have to multitask. So I just wanted the post to happen automatically. So I'm using Buffer, which is extremely helpful. Um, at the moment, I would say 
half of my posts, so about three to four posts in a week, I write them on the weekend. So I try to block creative time on a Sunday, typically an hour or two. And that's really a time where I sit down, I have a, cu I have, I have a cup of coffee, I scroll a little bit on the internet, um, I sit in front of an empty whiteboard and I just write down notes and, and write down ideas. Um, and then I, I write the first couple of drafts and that'll typically get me through half of the week. And then whenever I have spontaneous ideas, I also uh, note them down and that'll basically make the rest of the week. Um, it's not perfect yet because I definitely have days where like I'm panicking a little bit. I'm like, Oh no, I don't know. I, I ran, I ran out of posts. I have to come up with something. Um, and, and then I just write something spontaneous. Those days happen. And, and to people who see me posting or see other people posting, it's, it can sometimes look like we're fully in control and we're so well prepared. We're not. It's like, we're still trying to figure it out. And it's not easy to come up with content all the time. Um, but I'm working on it and I can, I can get still so much better. If you look at the best people in the game, like people out there who have, uh, you know, six figure followers and who bring out amazing posts seemingly every single day, it took them a, lo a long time to get there. Like it really is practice. It really is a craft. Yeah. And I think as well, the fact that they've been working on this for years, Chris, and I feel like people see these posts and think, oh, wow, they're so intelligent or they're so charismatic. It's just them. But it's a skill that they've honed and a craft that they've worked on for 10 years. But we are seeing the final product. And I think that's why sometimes people are intimidated to start because they're comparing themselves to the 10,000 hours. They're not comparing themselves to the first. And I think by breaking down that wall and showing people that, you know what? I started a few months ago. I'm still learning. I've made mistakes. But it's all been worth it because I have had amazing conversations. Because Chris, I've seen under your posts, like you spark some amazing conversations and you get people talking. And I think that alone is such you know, well done you. And as well, I'm sure you have learned as well from the people you've connected with. Has this impacted as well your sales and your selling capabilities? 100%. I think, I mean, at the end of the day, selling is building human to human relationships. And it is happening increasingly more and more on digital channels. I believe that, you know, if I look at my sales career for the next, you know, 10 years, 20 years, the majority of that will be on digital channels. Here and there for really important deals and, you know, I will definitely meet up with the customer in person, but those will be probably the exceptions. Uh, and they and they will be the highlights as well, and they will probably be the meetings just to to you know to close the deal or to nurture an ongoing relationship. But within the sales process, I think you have to master the digital channels, and that is you know video, um, audio. So let's say video is is is, is video conferences like Zoom, what we're doing right now. Um, audio would be the phone. How do I talk on the phone? 
and then written writing skills, emails and, and messages on LinkedIn. And let's say the personal branding side, what I'm doing on LinkedIn is probably mainly the written as of now. I haven't posted any videos yet. Maybe I'll do that in the future, but right now it's writing. So every single day I'm really honing my writing skills. So how I write in a compelling, engaging way. How do I spark people's curiosity? How do I keep a conversation going in the comment section? It's the very same principles that apply to a prospecting or to a sales process. Uh, and it's not necessarily my intention to sell to people who are in my comment section. It's, it's more, you know, networking and building the brand. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's the same thing. So I would say by spending a lot of time on LinkedIn every single day, I'm also practice, practicing my, my written sales skills, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I agree. Sales a lot is relationship building. And going back to your business degree, it is, there is consulting involved. There is a level of finance involved. And I studied finance at university and everyone went into accounting or consulting. And I went into consulting because again, I wasn't aware this sales career was open to me. When I left working in a bank in New York to move back to Dublin to work in sales, I remember, I've said this before, but my mom said, why are you leaving a bank to go work in a call center? And that will never leave me because people, when they think of sales, they think telesales, they think call center, car salesman, sleazy, getting your money. But I have discovered after two years, it's not that at all. We are digital consultants working with businesses to make them better. And the minute we switch that stereotype, I think more people will realize they would really enjoy the life of sales. So Chris, now that you've been in sales for a couple of years like myself, what are the best things about sales for you? I know autonomy is one you said previously, similar for me, but what other things do you love about your job and also that you would say to others, even thinking about going into career in sales? Hmm. It's a very good question. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to touch upon autonomy again because, because it's so to me. Um, as, an, as an account executive, um, you know, you're really the CEO of your, own, of your own little business, of your own little territory. You have an annual quota to hit. You have given you know, a certain number of customers. Uh, and then you have a territory that, that you can hunt and potentially. So you really have your own business that you can run. Um, and you're re- also really in charge of your own results. Uh, and that is something that I really enjoy. Um, it is up to me how much, how much I work. And it's also very much up to me how much uh, money I make in the year because it depends on my results. So having control over my own results is very, very important to me. And it is something that in most other jobs, I don't see. Um, even in consulting, um, there might be you know, an annual bonus somewhere in there, but um, mainly I'm, I'm, I'm working for, for time. I'm just in ex- exchanging um, time for money. And in a way, you know, to some extent we're doing that in sales, we, we have a base salary, but also a big, big part, you know, maybe 50% or more of our income is just driven, driven by our own 
efforts on our own performance. And that's something that, you know, also being competitive and, and being in CrossFit, that's just, that's just something I have in my nature. So that's one thing. The second thing is really working with people. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine working in a spreadsheet all day or writing code all day. Like I just need that human to human interaction. It is fulfilling to me somehow when, when I have, when I have had a good call or a good meeting in a day, it just makes me genuinely happy. I feel fulfilled at the end of the day and also helping other people. Um, that's why I, I drive so much fulfillment from LinkedIn because other people find, find help in something that I write or share. It's the same with, with, with customers and prospects. If, if I can help them with their business challenges, if I can help them reach their, their, their goals, it's extremely fulfilling to me. Um, and you have to think about what you, what you want in life. And, and, and you mentioned this in the beginning, um, you know, doubling down on the strengths or, or looking at what you enjoy doing because we spend a lot of our, our lives just working. So we should choose something that we enjoy. For me, uh, I really get that in, in, in sales. Um, I think um, if I think about what is the unique value that I can bring to the world, then it, it's, that. It's, it's, my, it's my ability to make a human connection and, and help them. And that's how I find full fulfillment. It, it sounds cheesy, but... Um, as I, as I say it out loud, it just makes 100% sense to me. I completely agree. And I have the same, Chris. I, when I get off a good call or end a good meeting and the customer is like, you showed me exactly what I need. This is going to help me so much. Or you've taken away all of this rubbish manual work and I'm getting time back with my family. Again, as you said, it does sound cringe, it does sound cheesy, but you're genuinely like, oh, great. And you do get this buzz of this adrenaline rush. And I mean, sales can be very high and low. Obviously, there are days when a deal doesn't happen, calls fall through the cracks, and you have a down day. Mm -hmm. But then you get up the next day and you do it all over again, and you can have a great day. And I think those challenges, the uncertainty a little bit, and the excitement are what drives people like us who kind of crave that adrenaline and crave that energy and want something outside of the norm. And I know sales isn't for everyone. Some people, it would absolutely stress them out <laughs> what we do on a daily basis. But yeah. if your personality is one where you love that excitement, you like a rush, you love people, you're outgoing and you're able to handle yourself in a room because now we're all in these virtual rooms. I think sales could definitely be for you. Yeah. And, and I will say, I mean, some people think that, oh, you know, sales is not for me because I'm really not that outgoing. You know, I am by definition an introvert. Um, if, if I get the definition correctly. So an introvert is someone who derives energy from being by themselves. And that really is me. So I'll explain. So when I'm, when I'm working in sales, I call people, I have video meetings. Um, it costs me energy. And at the end of the day, I'm tired. And so what I do is I recharge by really spending time alone. Um, 
I read or, you know, I stretch, I meditate, I go on walks by myself. I really need a lot of me time and that recharges my battery. But it doesn't mean that necessarily I'm an ex, like you don't have to be an extrovert or, or a people. I, I even wouldn't, I say I love working with, with humans, but I wouldn't say I'm a people person. Like I'm not one who, who, I mean, even like putting the pandemic uh, aside, even before the pandemic, I wasn't the person who went out every single night or every weekend. I would spend a lot of time by myself because I like it. Um, and I just want to take that objection away. Like you don't have to be an extrovert to be in sales. If you enjoy solving problems and helping others and, and being autonomous and working for your own goals, then, then sales is for you. That's a great way of putting it. I know you're so right. Actually, I have spoken in the past with people and a lot of people in Salesforce where you know we work and other sales companies like LinkedIn, Google, Facebook, a lot of those people are actually ambiverts in the sense that they love people, but they also need time by themselves to recharge or they get energy from people, but then they have to go by themselves just to... to, to you know, understand it all and just reframe themselves and get ready again for the next day. And I do think that when people usually see us, you're so positive, you're on point, you're on the camera, you're ready to go. But that takes practice and that takes self-care. And that's where we get back to those healthy habits of motivating yourself to work out, eating well for yourself. I hate the word clean, so we're not going to say clean, but eating well having sleep and also minding your mind and putting all that together. I think once you start to build those healthy habits, whatever your role is, you will be better for it and you will be more successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Um, We have many years ahead of us. And I think, um, I mean, I have really high goals. We don't have to go into the details of them, but I know that if I want to continue to grow, I need to pace. And then if you really want to bring it, uh, if I want to bring the analogy here to CrossFit, I mean, if you have a 20 or 30 minute workout, you want to make it to the end. So you have to kind of pick a pace that you can hold on to. Uh, And this is the same, like, daily maintenance of myself, you know, getting my sleep, cooking my own food, um, doing my walks, doing my stretches, doing my workouts. I have to say, I'm really one of the benefiters of this pandemic because before I had a quite long commute, um, you know, there were snacks in the office, a lot of things that, that, that got me off, let's say, of the ideal path this homeworking environment really suits me because I can control all the variables. Um, Yeah. So that's also something. Yeah. You're more focused, Chris. You're more focused, I think, because you don't have the distractions of remember before we'd pop it. I'd always see you first thing in the morning, us getting our coffees at like seven 30 silly hours and you'd have a chat, but I remember you were very much like in a good way. We're having a quick two minute chat and then I'm back to my desk. Whereas not everyone is as good at being so disciplined because you could often go into the kitchen and spend an hour in there making a cup of tea. So the fact that as well, we have less commute, we have more control over our day, over our meal times. 
it does help you focus and really then hone in again on what makes you the most successful person. 100%. And I mean, there's, there is challenges associated with working at home. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sugarcoating it. You know, sometimes, you know, you really feel uh, sort of sometimes limited, but I think going forward, once, once this whole pandemic is over, when we have the flexibility to, let's say, go into the office just one day or two days a week, uh, you know, it'll feel so much more deliberate and we're going to look forward to it. Like, oh, today is my office day. Um, I get to see my friends or my coworkers. Um, I get to play some pool. I'm going to have some of those snacks because I never have them. You know, it's going to be so different, but I think it's going to be so much better. I'm I really agree. looking forward to it. Same. And as well, I'm really craving as well that human face-to-face interaction. You plan your week, you have all your meetings in the office. Then when you're working from home, you can focus, you can plan your content, plan your prospecting. And again, we'll then, we'll find a new routine and then we'll adapt to that as well. So I suppose, Chris, the theme for you this year has really been adapting, being resilient, also building your brand and looking for new ways to connect with others because we've all had to do this. So taking your experience from March until now and looking into next year, what are your main goals or what are some ideas you have to continue to expand your brand and also build more of those healthy habits? Hmm. So I think with my healthy habits, um, I'm doing pretty good. So the goal is really maintaining. Um, And I mean, it's official now, so I can mention it. I mean, we, we both got promoted, right? So you're an account executive now. I'm about to, December 1st. Um, the big goal will be to obviously learn that role, uh, excel in that role, do really well. Um, and at the same time, with the, let's say, with the added complexity um, and surely also stress of the AE role, maintain those good habits. So still getting the sleep and the food and I will have to make some sacrifices. I'm, I'm realistic about it. Um, but the goal will really be to keep my life in balance um, with, with that big change that I have on the, on the professional side. Um, when it comes to, the, to building the brand, I have ideas. I have ideas. I mean, I'm very inspired by you doing your own podcast is, 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 an idea that I'm flirting with, I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure yet. Um, I could see myself doing more video content in the future um, because I think video will just become more and more and more popular. It's, it's a slow process, but, it's, but I see it happening. It, it's coming more and more. So video will be a factor. And then at some point, surely, I will probably build a venture on the side, you know? And I'm not sure yet what it is. It could be, you know, maybe a mentoring program or enabling other people, maybe building content that, that other people can use to, to be more successful in sales. Um, yeah, those, those are, but they're very broad ideas at this moment. And that's okay. You know, I'm not rushing it. I'm, I'm really letting those ideas evolve and I'm, and I'm working on them. And when the, when the time is ripe, then, then I, I will start building. So not quite vague answers here, but. 
that, so that's great. what it is at the moment. Yeah. I love it. And the fact as well that you're kind of giving that advice, just start it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to rush it. It's all good. But just take that first step, find what makes you happy and excited and just go for it. Any other advice you'd give to somebody now about to embark on, you know, a new social media brand or even just a personal brand, or they might dabble into sales, whether it's selling software like we do, or even selling in retail or e-commerce. What other maybe advice would you give people? Advice to have a successful start, you mean? Yes. Or- yeah, a successful um, brand building, whether mm-hmm. it's a selling or even their own personal brand on their social media. What advice would you give from your experience of the last couple of months? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's people who have done it before. So be, be active on LinkedIn and, and watch what some of the other people, so do, people are doing. Um, I mean, that's what I did. So I have like my... 10, let's say, favorite influencers. And I'm following them and I'm, I'm, I'm really watching what, what they're doing. And this is, this is also, you know, one, one pillar of success is sort of imitating the people that, that have the success that, that you want. That's not a bad thing. It's not because, because they did it and Eventually, eventually, everybody has to find their own path, but there's nothing wrong about looking at others who've done it and simply imitating uh, some of their behaviors or some of their, of their actions. Um, I'm certainly doing that. And as I said, I have my top 10, you know, or I don't know if it's 10 or 12, but influencers, and I look at them and I also look at their careers. I see where they come from. And it's so, it's such a relief because I see they started, you know, like 10 years, 15 years ago, and they were like pharma field reps or they sell, sold printers. Like every single person that is, let's say, one of my heroes, they all started somewhere really, like, really, really basic. And they failed a lot. And, but slowly, surely, you know, they, they, they build momentum and it's just so reassuring for me that, Hey, um, I'm probably already better doing better than them, you know, in, in their, let's say third, this is my third year out of, out of college. I'm at the very beginning of my career and, and it's going so good. If, if I only take the time to take a step back and look at where I am. I'm on a, I'm on a good trajectory. Just keep going, keep calm. So that's one thing. Look at your heroes and see where they come from. And, you know, rest assured that, you know, what they did wasn't, wasn't some, some miraculous feat. It was just patience. So patience is a big one. Um, Second, maybe a more operational tip, buy a LinkedIn playbook. There's a couple of ones out there. Um, the Justin Welsh LinkedIn playbook is very good. The Taylor offer LinkedIn playbook. You'll find them easily when you Google them. Um, it's a small investment. I think they cost like 50 bucks or something. Sometimes they have a sale, maybe a cyber Monday sale if, 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 if you time it right, but really just getting, getting the tips from the masters and just executing those tips. They tell you exactly 
how you do a content strategy, how you optimize your LinkedIn profile. Just take the knowledge that's out there and be willing to invest those, those 50 bucks in yourself, you know, instead of eating out or, or buying drinks, just invest that yourself. And that's probably the second tip. So number one is patience. Number two, invest in yourself. Um, and it doesn't have to be that much. Um, and it really pays dividends. Like if you invest 50 euros and over the course of one or two years, that gives you 10,000 followers. That's the ROI on that is like, I don't know, you know, thousands of percents. I don't know. So that would be my second tip. That is great, Chris. And I don't think we invest ourselves enough or we think we need to do, okay, I did a Harvard course last year and I loved it. It wasn't cheap. It was about over $3,000 and then there was flights and accommodation. I mean, and time, the time it takes to go there, do it and come home and take the PTO. So it is an investment. I know we do get an education reimbursement, which I'm very lucky to have taken advantage of. And I would recommend others to do so. However, you don't need to go to Cambridge, Massachusetts for a week and do a negotiation skills course. You can go on YouTube, you can read some more on LinkedIn. You can get one of those playbooks. You don't need to go crazy. You just start small. And I think, again, with everything, start small, be patient, invest in yourself time and a little bit of money, and you will get there as long as you keep motivated and keep that momentum going. And I want to add an example here. So I don't know if you knew this, but Google is now really going into education. And they have courses. Um, they have a six-month course that costs like 49 USD a month. So it's a six-month course um, that costs a total of $300. If you complete that course online, and that course is provided by Google, Google will consider this course certificate equivalent to a four-year university degree that, you know, in California or in the U.S. would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. The world of education is fundamentally being changed. Like, the access that everybody has to information is just crazy these days. And, I mean, give that another couple of years, you know, and I don't want to open this entire topic of, of education, but... All the information out there and if you look for it you will find it um, sometimes you have to pay a little bit of money but if you invest that money in yourself um, there is a huge huge ROI on it great what a great example I didn't know that was available so I will definitely link that down below I'll go have a look because I saw that recently yeah wow I think so many people could benefit from that and even now, regardless of your age, whether you're 20, 30, 60, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. never too late to invest in yourself and yeah, make that commitment. Chris, um, thank you so much for coming on. You've provided so much advice, amazing tips. Um, did you enjoy yourself today? So, so much. You know, this is my very first real podcast appearance. Hopefully not the last. Um, I'm so grateful to you that you had me on board today. Um, you are a big inspiration as well. I just want to give that back. Oh, you know? thank you, Chris. Um, 
I mean, I think we started at Salesforce around the same time, if I'm not we mistaken. Did. Yes. Um, and you know, you also have a—I don't know if you're aware, but you also have a very, very strong brand, you know, within Salesforce and and beyond. Uh, it's inspiring to see the work that you do, um, and yeah, with the podcast, that is just such a great, you know, endeavor that you're on. Um, so please keep going with that. Please don't stop. You know, I hope it's a habit for you now to do it. Um, please keep that going. And then, yeah. Hey, if you want to have me again in the future. I would love to. Down. So, Chris, Down. where can everyone find you in the meantime? I know your LinkedIn is, is just your name. Is that correct? Or do you have any other platforms they can access? Um, I have, you know, I have the Facebook and Instagram, but that's uh, kind of... I keep that more private for like family and, and direct friends. LinkedIn is, is the place to find me. Um, so hit me up. That's Christian Kraus. Kraus is K-R-A-U-S-E. Uh, you'll find me on there. And, you know, reach out, connect, write me a message. Um, I will engage with you. I'm looking forward to it. That's what you find. Great. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll pop those uh, links down below to your LinkedIn and any other playbooks you mentioned today as well. I'll pop them down below in the description. But thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great speaking with you. And I'm buzzed now. I'm inspired to keep going. So thanks so much. It was awesome. I hope you learned so much from this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with Chris today. And I'm lucky in the fact that I have been able to listen to him and learn from him for the past couple of years. Finding a mentor in work or working with somebody in your workplace that is like-minded and also quite ambitious has this co-opetition effect whereby you're no longer working, competing. You're actually working together and both growing from it. So I hope today's episode with Chris has inspired you to build your brand, whether that's on LinkedIn, Instagram, or any other platform you use. If you're interested in a career in sales, please reach out to myself or Chris. He works in the Swiss market. I work in the UK market, but we have both worked in other markets within sales and would be more than happy to introduce you to the right people. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please like, subscribe and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Looking forward to tuning in and hearing your feedback on this episode. More next Monday, but until then, thank you so much for listening. And-